What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to Straight Facts, a sports show that educates and entertains. I'm your boy, Jimmy J. James Jackson, joined by my two guys, as always, our residential statistician, Stat Matt Robinson, and then making his way back after getting sidelined a little bit, a little sickness going on there, Kyle Sirik. How you guys doing? It's We're almost done, yo. 2020 is almost done. It is the last day we're recording on the 31st, New Year's Eve. How do we feel about that? How do we feel about 2020 coming to a close? Uh, I mean... <laughs> Just because the new year starts doesn't mean everything ends, but it's going to be some hope, I think. Just seeing the turnaround, people are going to be looking forward to the future and not just towards the end of a year. So, Yeah, and the vaccine's coming for COVID, so hopefully by the summer we can start to get back to like our normal lives and shit. So, Vaccine me. Yeah. Vaccine me right away. I saw a meme that was great. It was... Joe Biden and Russell Westbrook, both of them going to get 100 million shots in the first three months. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's hilarious. But Kyle, like, I do kind of think that, like, I, there there's some kind of expiration date on the bad luck of 2020 once the new year comes. Like, I think the, like, collective mindset is enough for the universe to start throwing us some good juju of, like, everyone turning the page from 2020 to 2021. Like, something got to happen, right? <laughs> I, I mean... It's hard to get worse, right? <laughs> it, is, it is hard to get worse. But I hope so, though. Yep, let's start. Let's get right into it, though. We're talking about NFL playoffs right now uh, because with the start of New Year comes January, and, and one of the best times of the sports year is, is NFL playoff times. So there's like three big things that we're going to break down here, and that's the three playoff races, the NFC wild card, of course, the NFC East, since we already broke our rule, we might as well just like let, let the floodgates <laughs> loose with that shit and then the afc wild card which is the wild wild west so we'll save that one till the end but the first one here comes with the fact straight at you it's the nfc wild card race and according to 538 sports this is the make playoff percentages that they give the three teams who are really buying for those last two play or wild card spots in the nfc the rams bears and cardinals they give the rams an 81 percent chance the bears a 63 percent chance and then the cardinals a 56% chance to make the playoffs. But then here's where it gets crazy, as it always does at the end of the NFL regular season, all the scenarios that we have to go through to see who's going to make the playoffs. So the Rams and Cardinals do play where the winner will go to the playoffs, whoever wins that game goes. If the Rams win that game, then Chicago automatically goes to the playoffs with them. But if Arizona wins, the Chicago has to win their playoff game against Green Bay. And if they don't, the Rams will have that playoff spot. So the matchups we're really looking at here are really two of them. Arizona versus Los Angeles, and then subsequently Chicago versus Green Bay. So we'll start real quick with the Rams versus Los Angeles. We learned a couple days ago that Jared Goff with that thumb injury is not playing on Sunday, which is why the Cardinals got moved up to a 56% chance to make the playoffs. So we'll focus on that one right there because the Cardinals been a little shaky, baby. They haven't, they haven't like coming down to the end of the season. Like they look like they're too talented to not make the playoffs. So do they it's get that it young? Te- it's like that young land. team doesn't know how to win yet. Kind of feeling like they're good, but they just haven't been there before. So right. they're like slipping up when they shouldn't. Um, I think they definitely caught a break with golf being out though. They, they do. Does that give them a better shot to win the game though? Like breaking down the game specifically, Matt, do you think the Rams or now the Cardinals have a better shot to beat the Rams or so much better of a shot without golf now? I, d- I think the Cardinals have, I think the Cardinals win because the Rams, I think they're not as needed to win because I don't see uh, Chicago beating Green Bay when Green Bay needs to win to keep the one seed. Um, so there's more pressure on Arizona because they have to win or else they're out. Mm-hmm. And I think Kyler Murray gets it done. I think 
I think I've seen enough from him that I know he's been a little shaky, but I just they they're like you said they're too talented to miss the playoffs. But they're about to. Yeah, I but mean, they're about to. <clears throat> we got also both teams play at the same time, so both these games are going to be at four twenty five. There's going to be a lot of scoreboard watching. So I think the Rams actually come out and play. I mean, we're looking at a Cardinals team that has lost four of the last six. If you told me that this was a situation they would be in six weeks ago, I'd be like, what are you talking about? But I mean, both these teams have choked as well. The Rams have lost two of the last three. They lost to the Jets. I actually expect the Rams to win here. Um, I just think they're the better football team. We saw what the 49ers defense did to the Cardinals, and now they have to go to the Rams defense in L.A. Not that it really matters. I just I can't I can't pick a team that's starting a guy named John Walford to win. Yeah, I was about to ask. I was about to ask y'all who's the quarterback for the Rams because I, I, to to be honest, had no idea who the Rams' backup was after, after Jared Goff. Um, but you're right, Kyle. Neither one of these teams are really coming in with any momentum. Like the Cardinals dropped a tough one. The Rams have been dropping tough games, and now with no Jared Goff. Um, but that we do get like a, a, a matchup that we get to look forward to to get into the playoffs. It's Jalen Ramsey versus you know DeAndre Hopkins. So Rams defense versus a Cardinals offense that can be explosive at times, has has shown to get it done. But you're right. Uh, you know, five, six weeks ago, we watched the Seahawks and Rams both struggle and pretty much give the Cardinals a division lead. And they had a chance to hold on to it or at least create some separation to where, you know, if these teams got back into it, it's much harder to knock them off. Then they lost four of the last six and literally took themselves out of the NFC West, you know, divisional race. And now we're fighting for that wild card spot. So it's tough, and you know all all those other teams in the NFC West have a, have veteran quarterbacks, and the yep. Cardinals are dealing with a second year quarterback who, the the second half of his second year isn't looking astronomically good, isn't looking you know so good as, as Kyler Murray. Yeah, and those only two wins out of the six are against the Eagles and the Giants, NFC East teams with horrible records that played horrible. I mean, I'm going to take the team here that has the experience, and that's the Rams. We saw them in the Super Bowl not too long ago, and we're looking at a Cardinals team that hasn't made the playoffs in how long? I mean, they I know made Kyler, it since 2015, 2015, which we're actually going to get to later, amazingly right. or not. But <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think it's a tough matchup, um, but I don't think the Rams feel any less pressure than the Cardinals do, Matt. I mean, they're not locked in. We say they have an 81% shot to win it, so they should. They're not locked playoffs, in. But they need yeah, to but I can't well. see the Bears beating Green Bay. I, but, I but can't not, see it. But it's not like, like I don't think that game affects these, this one, though. Sometimes we get down to these playoff scenarios and it's like, you know, the the Bears have to win and the Rams have to lose and something else has to happen and something else has to happen. There's only two things that need to happen for the Rams not to get into the playoffs. Two things that could happen. They lose to the Cardinals and then the Bears beat the Packers. Like two things that like aren't out of the crazy realm of possibility. We'll get we'll break down the Bears versus Packers next, but that's not like the Rams you're saying, Kyle, aren't locked in. I agree with yeah. that. It's not and like they a bunch of things need to happen. And they only control one of those things. So I, I think they come out and play like it's the most important game of their season because it is. I, I mean, I don't think there's any pressure off of them just because they have that safety net that the Bears lose. I mean, they're playing at the same time. You play to make the playoffs, and I, I know you're missing your quarterback, but this Cardinals team has shown nothing impressive to me in the second half of the season, to be honest. And I think the Rams have. And with that defense, I'm going to take him in the divisional game. Yeah, just, you're focusing well, the, on the Rams' defense, but like I, I like the, the Cardinals, offensive matchup. The, the card, yeah, the Cardinals put up 28 points the last time they played the Rams, so mm-hmm. they have like had some success in the past. And uh, Rams won that game 38-28. They also had a pick six off Murray that game, so it's, it's net 21 points are really loud. But I just can't trust John Walford to get to 20. I just really can't. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, I mean, John Walford, that's giving me like Ben DiNucci vibes. Like that's that big, big oh, Ben no. DiNucci vibes. That's a little unfair to Walford. He's like a backup. DiNucci was a third stringer. That's right. DiNucci shouldn't have been in the league. <laughs> Shout out JMU. But no, I mean, I, I want to stick to the offensive side of the offensive angle of this um, because I do think that even with John Walford, these are these are two teams that I'm really looking at the, the head coaches and primary play callers for both of these teams where it's Sean McVay versus Cliff Kingsbury, two guys who who love to throw the ball a lot, two guys who, who you know, love to have an air raid offense. Um, you know, but the Rams might come with something a little bit bit different. They've been leaning on their run game the past couple of games a little bit more. They've, they've been running the ball, you know, kind of well, um, you know, with Dale Henderson, Malcolm Brown, and, and, and everybody. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see, what, you know, what has to happen. Um, but, I, but I do think if, if the Rams want any chance of winning, they got to put up at least 25 points. You don't put up 25 points, you're not going to beat this Cardinals team. Not that right does, now, fighting for a playoff life. And that does scare me as well, because Henderson's already ruled out, and Cam Akers, we know, was out last week. He's still unlikely to play this week. Maybe he does. So if Malcolm Brown's your only real running back here, it could get hard without your start, starting quarterback. We might have to see Cooper Cup and Robert Woods really win some matchups and just make it easy for the quarterback to make these passes. Or They could be in trouble. And this is like the worst time for... for I mean, I don't know if there's any time good time for your starting quarterback to go out, but this is terrible for the, yeah. for the Rams and Jared Goff because these last two games, him and Cooper Cup have been in a crazy rhythm, like a, a crazy rhythm. Um, and now you take that relationship away and you're fighting for your playoff life. It's tough. All right, who wins the game though? Definitively, stamp it down who wins the game. I'm still sticking with the Rams. Cardinals 21-17. He put a score on it. You're bold enough <laughs> to put a score on it, Kyle? Uh, yeah, let me go Rams 24 16. It gets weird. I don't know weird. how they get the 16, but they get there. We're sitting here talking about, for this last five to ten minutes, we're sitting here talking about how it's going to be a, a, a offensive game. You know, they need to score 20-plus 20, 20 points, and you guys both gave a score with one, with one hey, team. I was, I, was focusing, I, I was focusing on the, the defense of the Rams. I, I think they get to 24. And I 24, said, well, can't get to 20. That was my argument. So so, so give, me, give me Cardinals 24-20. That's, that's all I see. I'll give the Rams to 20 points. Um, but give me give me the Cardinals 24-20. So the other game that that goes hand in hand, all these games correlate. The other game that goes hand in hand with this for the NFC wild card is that Bears at the Packers. And Matt, you brought up a good point where the Packers are still playing for something. They have the one seed, but it's not locked up. The Saints and uh and Rams can both buy, or Saints and Seahawks, I'm sorry, can both buy um for that number one playoff spot. Uh so the Packers do have something to play for. And you know, we're gonna see Aaron Rodgers go out and chase. The only buy that that is in the NFC playoffs, the only buy in each conference is that number one seed. But we're looking at a Bears team who's been playing well. Like, I don't think that's been said enough that Mitchell Trubisky has the Bears on like this three-game winning streak and playing good football ever since he's taken back over for Nick Foles. He's been playing well, which is why a lot of people are giving the Bears a chance in this game. If the Bears make the playoffs, they'll be the first team in NFL history to make the playoffs after having a six-game losing streak in this season. So do you see it happening? You don't no. see it happening. You don't Aaron see it happening Rod at all. Aaron Rodgers is 20 and 5 in his career against the Bears. The Aaron Rodgers he's, he's 37. He wants that week off. He wants that bye. He's not going to let it slip by losing to a mediocre Chicago team. They're still mediocre in your eyes though. They're 8 and 7 mediocre is average. That's so. true. I I think it's I think it's going to be a lot closer than people think. I think they I definitely play them tighter than Tennessee. I mean, it's hard not to, 26-point game. But the Bears are coming in hot. I mean, any divisional game, 
can happen either way. Either team can win. That's in any division in all of football. And do I think the Bears win? No. I think the Packers do win. But you're looking at the 538 statistics, and they have a higher shot than the Cardinals to make it in. And I know they also have that second net, and the Cardinals have to win. Mm-hmm. But I, I think the Bears are playing. And, I mean, we've seen how Matt Nagy was when they were 0-6. I mean, he was mad. It, it, it showed up in the coaches, in the locker room. And I think they can come and win this game. I don't think they do, but I give them a much better shot than a lot of people do. I don't know why, but there's just a little part of me that I think is giving the Bears credit because of this this win streak that they're on. Um, giving Mitch Trubisky a little bit of credit uh, because of him coming back, regaining his starting spot and playing well because of it. But, we're, I mean, they're, they're coming up against the Packers team who's one is in a groove. To Aaron Rodgers, I mean, that's another that's another quarterback who's very aware of his legacy. Um, and legacy not is on the line, but has a chance to get improved because you win this last game, he pretty much locks up MVP, in my opinion. He pretty much locks up MVP for himself. So that's that's something huge to play for. And it's it's Lambo at the end of December. Not too many teams go into Lambo at the end of December and win games. No, it's um, in uh, Soldier Field. It, yeah, oh, it's, it's in Chicago. 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 Yeah, it's in Chicago. Okay. But, Actually, you do bring up a good point there. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, as much as he says he doesn't want the MVP, we know he wants the MVP. And he's one of a few guys in the league that can that can really want it and get it if he wants it. Like, it, there's nothing left up to the football gods. Like, Aaron Rodgers can take it if he wants right, it. Right, right. Who doesn't want another MVP? Like, yeah. wh- like who? Like, I don't like when players say that. Oh, it's yeah. not about it's not about the MVP for me. Like, you can you can want to chase an MVP. That's okay. Like, that's, that's very okay to do. It doesn't mean you're not focused on winning a Super Bowl. It doesn't mean you're not team-oriented. It's like, damn, that's the most prestigious single award in any league is most valuable player for the season. Why the hell would I not want to chase that? Especially if I'm the front-runner for it. Yeah, like, don't he's, trying to, he's trying to play the cool guy. I don't know if you Especially after a bunch of people saying he, like, has fallen off and... He did fall like, off, but he like Scott Matt Robinson. Yeah, like Scott Matt Robinson. I I was right about him falling off, but he came back with a vengeance. And the same stats that I looked at that showed him that that he wasn't a top three quarterback anymore now show him as a top three quarterback this year. Yeah, and t- if talk he, about those stats. Talk about those stats. I'm going to expose he, and, you real quick. In <laughs> expected points added, he is second in the league behind Mahomes. In DR, he's first in the NFL. He is. Um, the highest passer rating in football this year, and he's leading the league in touchdown passes. That's that's look, that's what matters. And yards per attempt and his yards per attempt are way up too. Yeah, and if he, become, if he becomes, if he wins MVP, he becomes only the third player in NFL history to win three or more MVPs. That's Peyton Manning with five and Brady with three, and then he'll be Rodgers with three. So where do you put Rodgers all time? Where, where he might jump Breeze. I have him like seven, so he might jump like so. He seven. might jump into the top five. He might. You said like I don't know. <laughs> and Rogers did something to him. I'd have, I'd have to think about it because like I don't like I don't know. I haven't really thought a lot about how to like people like Unitas and Bart Starr, but like uh, my top three is solid, and then I think I have Breeze four. Um, Rogers might be five, and like Marino six, but. I'll have to think about it more. Mm-hmm. I'm not mad at that. I think Rodgers' one championship isn't going to really make you a top five automatically. I, I think I think he does need to get another ring. But, hey, Breeze only has one. He just broke every freaking record out there. Every regular so. season record there is. That's why. Every every freaking one. Um, but sticking, sticking with the Packers, there's another wide receiver I'm focusing on. And it's 
I, I'm trying to see who has the better weekend. Because to me, this is the two best receivers in football right now. Devontae Adams for the Green Bay Packers, DeAndre Hopkins for the Arizona Cardinals. Um, and I think the one of the most important players, if not the most important player of this weekend, of this final weekend in the NFL season is Devontae Adams. Like, I, I came on this show in the very beginning and was adamant that DeAndre Hopkins was the best receiver in football. And that stayed true for like 13 weeks. And then, and then I looked up one day and I was like, you know what? It was really, it was really the game against, um, not the game against Philadelphia, although he had, he had a really good game, but Devontae Adams, like week 13 or 14, I had to look up and I was like, no, that's, that's the best receiver in football right now. Like I had to give and I had to give you props there, Kyle Sirik. You said that, you said that at the beginning of the year and I was like, no, he's top five, but he's not number one. And I I still, I still stick to that in the beginning of the year. As we're in week 17 now, now Devontae Adams is the best receiver in the NFL. It's I think it's a product of Aaron Rodgers having an MVP season, but to me that doesn't diminish what Devontae. I mean, a quarterback has. Did to you know the that DeAndre Hopkins has more catches and more yards than Devontae Adams this year? Devontae Adams is the best. I do know that. I do yeah, know Devontae, that. Devontae Devontae was hurt for like five weeks. That's where that comes from. And Devontae Adams does have the most touchdowns. I, he <laughs> was crazy. out for five weeks. He, he's, he was played, at least four. he's played. He's, was, he's played thirteen games this year. He missed yeah, but, two weeks. But he the one he got, the one he got hurt in, it was before halftime, so three and a half. Which I'm gonna call it four. I gotta say, like Howdy. Kyler Murray is not gonna throw the same amount of yards as Rodgers is, and I think that whatever, it's close. We don't need to have this no, argument. no, argue it. Go ahead and argue it. Go ahead and argue <laughs> no, no, it. Because yeah. because I have I had a tough time moving off of DeAndre Hopkins, but you know I I don't like pinning stuff just on eye test because you know eye test you can't you can't argue against someone's eye test i don't like that but if you look eye test to eye test like it's close that we're, yeah. we're arguing almost 1a and 1b but i think Devonte adams has the slight edge on him right now yeah i'm taking the best route runner in the league and i think that's Devonte adams he's fast we've seen breakaway speed i know he's not pinned as a fast guy but he scores touchdowns and he gets open and i'll take that guy i i, I kind of value the uh one-on-one guy like just throwing it up for grabs winning the 50-50 ball so I think that's the disagreement also I just want to give a shout out to Stefan Diggs who's popped himself into the top five one of the best route runners yeah Mm -hmm. definitely when you said best route runner in the league that's where my mind went too I was like "Uh, I I didn't want to like go off on another road but I was like I also want to shout out Josh Allen for potentially being in like winning MVP that's not ridiculous if you think that it's not it's not ridiculous We'll, we'll get on to that all right Chicago versus Green Bay score predictions. Go. I'm going to take the Packers 31-21. Packers. Damn. Yeah. It's like that? <laughs> no love for Mitch at all? That's crazy. Uh, 35-20 Packers. <laughs> so, you guys, so you guys are both going Packers-Cardinals? Packers-Cardinals. Sorry, sorry. I'm Well, winners. So you're going... Rams and Cardinals make it. I think the Rams and the Bears make it, and the Cardinals have an all-time collapse, losing five out of the last seven. All right then, Kyle. Kyle stamped that down. We'll move on. Um, why did we have to? Why did we break this rule a bunch of weeks ago? We could be we quick. We could be because, quick <laughs> because we broke this rule. I don't think we stopped talking about it since, and I knew that was going to happen. I knew like once we broke the rule, like we were going to talk about it all the time. But this goddamn NFC East, man, like this this goddamn NFC East, but. It, I guess it is worth talking about because even though it's a subpar race, it's one of the tightest races we have in the NFL going in the, in the final week of the season. Um, How often does a guy who is 
playing starting at quarterback, you win the game, you win the division, and then he's out of the league the next week. That's unbelievable. That's what happened to Dwayne Haskins. That's all, that's a, just not like it's almost sad like for Washington because they're like a eleven and five football team with a one and fifteen quarterback situation. Yeah, like they're they're actually like really talented in a lot of different places, and like they've got. T- Tyler Henneke or Taylor Henneke. I don't even know which one it is. Taylor. I was hurt. Dwayne and, Haskins uh, isn't a good quarterback, but but I was hurt when I saw the news. When they waved him, I was like, oh, man. like You you don't really deserve to start, but I didn't want to see you get waved. Yeah, it looks like a lot like maybe even like a Josh Rosen. Like, are we even going to see Haskins again? Yeah, are we going to play him? Like- <laughs> Paxton Lynch disappeared from like the world, and he was a first-round pick. So Yeah. That's tough. All right, the scenarios in the NFC East. If Washington wins, they're in. If Washington loses, the winner of the Cowboys and Giants game gets in. And then the fun part is, is we will know who the winner of that game is first as Washington and Philadelphia game got flexed to the Sunday night game. So the all-deciding factor comes down to y'all boo birds. And if Washington beats y'all, they are in. Um, so, so like you said, Kyle, we can be quick, but let's yeah. break down the NFC East real quick. Yeah, who so... So I think the Cowboys win that game, and then I'll tell you I'll tell you what I want to happen, and I'll tell you what will happen. So the Cowboys are going to beat the Giants in that Sunday night game. I want the Eagles to win, so the Cowboys can win, and then we could have that thing where there's no repeat champions in the NFC East, and we're safe next year from the Cowboys. But I think Washington is going to beat us, and they'll get in. I'm rooting for a loss, man. I want a higher draft pick, and I do not want the Cowboys in the playoffs. If the Giants beat the Cowboys. If the Giants beat the Cowboys, like it won't be that mad about a win. But if we win to put the Cowboys in the playoffs and screw up our draft positioning, that'll be that'll be that'll be a tough win. That'll be a tough win. I know Jim Ford said the no hat rule, but I think the I think Cowboys beat the Giants, and I think Washington beats us. I did the playoff machine on ESPN. Just went through the pick the Week 17 games. I have uh, my six seven playoff teams. The NFC are. Green Bay is one, New Orleans two, Seattle three, Washington four, Tampa five, uh, Arizona six, and LA seven. Oh no, I flipped that. What am I doing? Yeah. Actually, I have Chicago in the playoffs. So LA six, Chicago seven. I, I was about to say, how do you have LA at seven? But there yeah. you go. There you go. I'm kind of on the same way too. I see the Cowboys beating the I see the Cowboys beating the Giants, and I see Washington beating y'all. Um, because I, I, I mean, Jalen Hurts got to go against a, a stout ass, you know, you know, Washington front, and Chase Young is on the other side of that. Chase Young coming for y'all. My offensive line has I, been so bad this season. I don't trust that Washington offense to score though. I mean, and our defense has been playing fine, and then last week was a little bit. Fine. Last week was bad, but and the game that mattered, shit. But I mean. I, I disagree with you, Matt, that you don't want to win that game. Because what do we drop? Like two draft positions? And we could, chances are one of those teams picks a quarterback. The best case that we pick third. The worst case scenario is we pick 10th. And right now we're sitting at six. So, yeah. So, we're most likely we're between like the five and nine. Yeah, so but I if mean, we pick six and a bunch of teams get stupid and go quarterback crazy, then we could get like the third best player in the draft if we get like the fifth pick. Here y'all, here you go with the head in the cloud scenario. We can. I still don't. I don't trust Howie Roseman at all. I think with the sixth pick or the eighth pick, he's looking at the same guy. Howie Roseman. Howie Roseman. Howie Roseman might not might not be drafting for y'all. Who knows? I hope so. I hope hope, even if he stays on, I hope it's like an Elton Brand thing where he's the GM, but everyone knows it's like John Dorsey calling the shots or whatever. 
there's no way that happens to both our franchises in the same year, but I, and the I same sports, stranger, literally, a lot of stranger things have happened. Yeah, you're right. sports, so. But yeah, I'm locking down. I'm taking Washington to win the division. I do think they beat us, but um, don't be surprised if it's a close game and the Cowboys could be sitting there at 11 p.m. and be like, "Go Eagles, we're really Here, close." Here's what I here's what I want to know. What what chances do we give? Any of these NFC, so any of these any of these NFC East teams, but Washington, Dallas, and New York Giants. What percentage or what chances do we give them to to contend or win that first wild card spot? Because say, with, with my luck, we we are going to be the team who travels to whatever NFC East team and plays a trap wild card game. That's what that is. It's a trap yeah. playoff game because we're looking towards next week. So, what chances do? Do y'all give the NFC East of literally making my year fucking miserable if we lose to one of these teams in the first round? I got to say, the funniest scenario possible is the Giants win the division and then they beat Tom Brady in the playoffs for a third time. That's <laughs> that by far the funniest that's scenario. Not, honestly, honestly, that's not funny at all. Honestly, that's not funny at all. Like, I literally, like, I can't, I can't even joke about that. That would make me um, feel I, I, I say there's a... It's an NFL, so it's a parody league. We see bad teams win games they shouldn't all the time. You look at the college football, like Notre Dame's a 20-point, like, underdog. Like, in the playoffs, like, the biggest, like, Tampa will be, like, an eight-point favorite over Washington or New York or Dallas or whatever. So they definitely have a shot, but I don't see Daniel Jones or Taylor Haneke winning. Maybe Andy Dalton wins a game, playoff game. Because after he's lost, it'll be funny to get his like redemption story. I was about to say, this, this now Andy Dalton no, wins he, a playoff he, game. Yeah, he, like, he, he has playoff experience though, and he's like, be, there'll be no pressure on him this time. So it'll be a nice little redemption story if you take out the part that he'd be on the Cowboys. I'd say, I'd say fifteen percent chance the NFC East advances to the divisional round. Fifteen. Yeah, so uh, that's I mean, higher Dan, than the, that. That's too high. That's higher than my comfortability level. To be honest, so, like that's too high. So we're, I mean, actually we're going to get into the stat later that is going to make you a little more uncomfortable, but I would say that Washington is the only game that really could be a trap game. And I still don't think they could do it. Maybe Alex Smith comes back and can play and do something. I just think that defense would have a shot to beat Tampa Bay. Matt says 15%. I'm going to do it more like 20, 25% just because it is the playoffs. I, I expect you guys to win by a touchdown plus, but in the playoffs, you're on the road. With the team that just fought the past three games to have to get in, I, I mean, I could see it being a trap game against Washington. Any of these games are a trap game, and it, because because the next game we're looking at going to the division round against, you know, most likely New Orleans or Seattle. Um, so that that it's it is definitely a trap game, and I just hope I, I this is when you thank your lucky stars that as a Tampa Bay fan, your quarterback is Tom Brady and not somebody else who may fall susceptible to looking ahead. Where Tom Brady knows, like, yo. Like we, I'm not. I'm not looking at. I'm not looking. Especially yeah, but, if, if it is the Giants, I'm not looking past the Giants. Tom Brady loses. Tom Brady loses to weird quarterbacks in the playoffs. He lost to Eli twice. He lost to Nick Foles. He lost to Joe Flacco twice. He lost to Mark Sanchez. He lost to Ryan Tannehill. So how did we get to, here? How did we get here? How did how did we get no, to? No, because point? in the NFC East, they pull, they're going to play a bad quarterback. I don't like this. I honestly, like, I'd rather have played the Rams. Like, two weeks ago, our matchup was the Rams. Before that, it was Seattle. Honestly, I would have rather have played those teams. Yeah, I'd rather not, rather I'd rather play not Seattle have a trap than, game. No. no, no, but, like, I'd rather no. not have a trap game in the playoffs. Losing to Seattle in the first round, I was like, oh, they lost to one of the best NFC East teams or one of the best NFC teams. If we lose to the Giants or the Washington football team or the Cowboys, like, 
I, I like where where do I get rid of the ridicule? Where where do no. I justify that? No, you still yeah, you but guys, you, still you guys haven't won a playoff game since Super Bowl thirty seven. You take thanks, and Matt. it's the best like, chance hey, to win. Thank a... you. I know. Thanks, Matt. No, but you but you take the best chance to win a playoff game, which is against the bad NFC East team. You guys are looking honestly, James. You guys are looking great. Washington doesn't beat good teams. They did beat the Steelers, but the Steelers played absolutely horrendous. And we saw the losing streak they went on during that period. I mean, I think you guys are fine. They they do keep them a little close, though. I mean, they kept Seattle close. The Giants worry me because the Giants should have beat us earlier this year. If I just we beat the Giants by one point and or by one score, and if Daniel Jones is a better quarterback, the Giants beat us. Yeah, you guys are looking a lot better now, though. A lot better, yeah. And Daniel Jones, his first one was against us, you know, la- what last year, two years ago. So, like, Daniel Jones has had success against. I, I'm just worried. I don't like it. I want to move on. I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> All right, we're gonna go to the other side. That's the AFC wild card picture, and this is really where the madness begins. There's only three teams in the AFC who have clinched a wild card spot: the Bills, Chiefs, and Steelers. All those are division winners. So here goes the scenarios with the 538 make playoff percentages again. Uh, Baltimore, who's at Cincinnati, uh, they have a 92% chance. Cleveland um, has a 61% chance. Indianapolis, an 83% chance. And Miami with a 69% chance. Baltimore gets in with a win or a Cleveland uh, a Cleveland loss or an Indiana loss. Cleveland gets in with a win at Pittsburgh or an Indiana loss or a Tennessee. And Tennessee loss plus Miami win plus Baltimore win. The Colts get in with a win at Jacksonville plus either a Baltimore, Cleveland, Tennessee, or Miami loss. Miami gets in with a win at Buffalo or a Baltimore loss or a Cleveland loss or an Indianapolis loss. So I just like, want to throw in real quick. You did forget Tennessee. They have a 95% shot to make it. They win at Houston. They're in Indianapolis lost. They're in Baltimore lost. They're in or Miami lost. They're in. So I remember say, when I said earlier how the NFC playoff picture was like a little more cut and dry. This is yeah. normally what the last week of the NFL season looks like with playoff scenarios. Like the AFC is crazy. There could yeah. be an 11 and five team that misses the playoffs as the eighth team now. Like that's <laughs> nuts. Yeah. Like it's, it, Indianapolis is 10 and five and they have no control over their destiny compared mm-hmm. to like they win. They don't, they have to, the only one of other, the other four games have to fall the right way. But they could be on the outside looking in at eleven mm-hmm. five, which is, and, which honestly is very Philip Rivers luck. <laughs> and I do want to before we get into the scenarios, I do want to check tape on us because I remember probably week one or two of the NFL season, we were talking about oh the NFC is loaded, the AFC is having an off year, and look where we are. <laughs> wrong, I mean, wrong. No one could have predicted what happened to the NFC East this year, but I mean, look where we are now. I do think it's fun because it's a almost wide open year. Because there's like the Chiefs are the favorite, but I could see like I'm looking at the playoff picture. I could see ten different teams winning the Super Bowl, and I wouldn't be surprised. Crazy. Mm-hmm. I can't see ten. I can see about five, but <laughs> that's crazy. Ten's well, maybe maybe I can't maybe I can't see it, but maybe ten that I guess wouldn't overly shock me if they got like the, the like, ones. The, the, yeah, the ones I just can't see at all are the Rams, the Bears, or and the and Washington or the NFC East team. And probably Cleveland. So that that's where I get to. Yeah. Um, so breaking down the scenarios. So for me, this is where I see it. Um, there's a couple different. I mean, it's five different games. Who knows what happens? But the way I see it is I'm counting Tennessee and Baltimore in. I think Tennessee beats Houston. I think Baltimore beats Cincy. Both of them know what they need to do. And if Tennessee wins that game, I believe they win the division too. So they're going to go in and win that game. 
off a horrible loss to the Packers. So I see it as three teams, really. Cleveland, Indianapolis, and Miami fighting for two spots. Now what gets crazy here is Cleveland gets to play Mason Rudolph as quarterback. And I know the Steelers are still good. I know their defense is still good. But if they win that game, then there's a scenario where Indianapolis doesn't get in because all four other teams win that needed one loss from. I think Indianapolis beats Jacksonville, but I think that Miami-Buffalo game is the game you circle here. Because honestly, all five of these teams might win and Indianapolis can get the bad end of the stick. And truthfully, I think that's what happens. I I think it's going to be Indianapolis or Miami that missed the playoffs. And I'm leaning Indianapolis as much as I hate to say it because I think they're one of the better teams out of the five here. It's just the way football works. I think Buffalo is too hot to lose. And I think they want to keep the momentum going into the playoffs. They're eight and one in their last nine games, and the one loss was the Hale Murray. So, like, I, I, I think Buffalo's just on a roll. They've been blowing out teams. They, they've won every game by two possessions since losing that game against Arizona. And Josh Allen's playing the best football, arguably in the league right now. And I, I think that's how Indiana, Indianapolis gets in. Uh, there's rumors it's going to be snowing in Buffalo, and that's always bad news for a uh, team like from Miami. Uh, so I, I think Buffalo is the lifeline for Indianapolis to make the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, so- I'm, I'm kind of with Kyle on a little bit where I think this is a, a situation where really there's just going to be an odd man left out. And sometimes, sometimes that's where the cookie crumbles. That that's where things go when you're dealing with such a deep conference like that. And that's just... That's like more bad luck for Phillip Rivers where the one year where there's even an extra wild card spot, an extra team mixed to playoffs, so you're going to go 11 wins and not get in. Right? He, he probably wished for 11 wins four or five different times when he was in San Diego slash LA. Didn't get it. And now he got it. Well, now he got it. He's not going to get in the playoffs. But uh, I'm kind of with Kyle where I think Indianapolis is the odd man out because if you look at the other scenarios where the teams just need one shot to win, like they're, they're probably going to win. Baltimore is going to win. I see Cleveland actually winning with with no Big Ben there in Pittsburgh. I think Cleveland gets it done. I, I also see Tennessee winning at Houston. Like it's just they don't control their own destiny, and this is that's how it goes. Like it's it's going to be a 10-11 win team not making it in the playoffs. Yeah, I I I really don't think Tennessee or Baltimore can lose. It's definitely going to be Cleveland, Miami, or Indy, and it's tough, man. And we're there's saying, a scenario. We're we're, we're, I, I don't think we should be penciling in the Browns winning when they just lost to the Jets. I'm, yeah, last I'm week. not going yeah, to penciling. That, yes, but I don't, I don't want to make an excuse, but what team wins without your top four wideouts? Like, what team does that? Like, I, I get they're playing a really bad team playing the Jets, but, like, that's your entire offense gone two days before your game. And it's the Jets who just came up beating the Rams. Yeah. Like, the Jets were kind of hot. And like you could tell, bit, you could tell the way they were playing too. Baker was only looking for Austin Hooper. That's and it. He's, and guys are missing routes. Hall or whatever his name was, Marvin Hall, dropped two balls. I mean, <laughs> it, it was tough. But I mean, I'm not going to pencil on that win though, Matt. The, the thing is though, Mason Rudolph at quarterback. We saw Ben struggle with that offense. I know they have weapons, but you put Mason Rudolph in there, he can struggle with that offense easily. And while their defense is good, we've seen how the Browns can score. Yeah. And, and if the Browns could score 28 on that defense, I don't think Mason Rudolph can make up 28 points with that offense. And and the Browns have an underrated deep. Like, let's not like just well, like, overlook the, the, the Browns. Will win, the Browns, Browns I think the Browns will win, but I would, if I saw like on Sunday, I see they're losing like 20 to 10 in the fourth quarter, I'd be like, oh, that makes sense. They're the Browns. Um, I'm, you know what I'm going to pencil in? I'm penciling Miles Garrett in for a, a, at least a sack, if not two, and like some crazy Mason Rudolph hits. Because it's, I mean, 
he he's he was the his third game back, third or fourth game back now, Miles Garrett. And like, who can forget the fact that he boinked Mason Rudolph on the head with a helmet last year? So like, we know there, there's that whole thing. And the Browns need to win to get in the playoffs. And now I have a chance to put Mason Rudolph in the dirt and put my team in the playoffs. <laughs> I'm gonna no, do it. I, I think he will get a sack as well. Uh, I, I'm way more confident he gets a sack than I am in Cleveland winning, even though I, I think both will happen. I think I think it goes I think it goes hand in hand a little bit for sure. Yes, so sir. odd, odd man out. Who are you stamping in? My odd man out is Miami. Okay. After all that, your odd man out's Miami. Yeah, I think, I think, I thought we were I think all, I thought we were he thinks they lose out. the Buffalo. Yeah. I think, no, he I think they, they lose the Buffalo. The Buffalo. Yeah. yeah. I'm I, I mean, you know, I'm Indianapolis here. I'm, my odd man out is also Indianapolis. It's tough that like, that Miami Buffalo game, Kyle. You're right. It's the game that I'm circling. That's um, a big one. But both, both, I mean, Miami's kind of hot too. Like, my, like I'm giving Tua a whole lot of credit after after looking bad. Um, and you know, I, I know he was struggling, uh, and they had to put Ryan Fitzpatrick in. But I actually really like the fact that you know Brian Flores is is really like adamant and open about using Ryan Fitzpatrick as like a pinch hitter in the ninth. Like, he's not our starting love- quarterback. But shit, if I gotta <laughs> throw him in. If I need to sizzle, like, I'm going to put Ryan Fitzpatrick in at the end of the third quarter if I think he's going to give us a chance to win. I Imagine how wild that would be if it's, like, the AFC title game and they're down 10 and you put Fitz in and, like, they come back Fitz and win. It does That'd some be... Fitz magic. Yeah. Yo, I had, a, I had a tape the other day that I think, Matt, you're going to at least appreciate Kyle. I think you're going to appreciate it, too. I see Ryan Fitzpatrick ready as the Matt Stairs of the NFL. That's who he reminds me of in the NFL. Like, Matt Stairs has a, has a, a career with a lot of moments. Yeah. And, but, but but when has Matt Stairs ever been known as like a starter? Like Matt yeah. Stairs like was not prominent as a starter. Matt Stairs made his money where it's like shit looks bad. But I put him in the in the bottom of the eighth or top of the ninth, and I need a hit, and all of a sudden he goes yard, and now we're back in the ball game. That's exactly what Ryan Fitzpatrick did. Like yeah. that. So like that, I, I just think that's cool. But I'm moving on. I like off, it. I'm moving on point. I'm moving well, on what, point. I got I got one more question before we move on. So. Seven playoff teams, three wild cards. Do we like that or do we not like that? It's the first year we're seeing it. I like it. I like it. I like it too. Let's I go. Like it. Look <laughs> at all this intrigue it created. Look at all. Yep. I, I don't think the AFC, like, I don't think would have as, as much intrigue because not as many teams would have a chance to make it. And like, I like, I like, um, a counter aspect of it is where only one team gets a buy. So, like, yeah. there's often times where we're looking week 14, week 15, or week 15, week 14, even sometimes where. A team has a buy locked up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that's not going to happen. I mean, look at the Chiefs. They're amazing this year, and it still took them the week 15 or 16 to lock yeah, up that buy. Yeah, if, yeah. if Pittsburgh didn't fall off a cliff, there is a good chance KC could have gone 15-1 and one and not gotten a buy. Yeah. I like the Fitz comparison to Matt Stairs. I got an NBA one. He's like Jamal Crawford. Like, you can't yeah. win if Jamal Crawford's, like, your best player, but if he's, like, a guy that you – can explode off the bench. Oh, he had 30 points last night. Listen, off like, yeah. I was, like, I was as, thinking of one, too. As a team, if Jamal Crawford is, like, leading your – and no no disrespect to Jay Crossover. I, that's one of my favorite players to watch ever. But if I'm going up against a team and Jamal Crawford is, like, your primary scorer, I'm not worried about this. But, like, if, if I'm a team and it's a close game and you're bringing Jamal Crawford off the bench in the fourth, like, I'm doing, like, the LeBron thing when he saw Kawhi come off the bench. Like, damn, like, that's the last person yeah. I wanted to see come off and get some buckets right now. Um, I was I was thinking of an NBA one too. I was gonna say Lou Will, but same, then also also it's like if the Cavs would have won that championship with Della Vadova, Fitzpatrick would be like the Della Vadova. Just come up and do it because he had a great series. They just didn't win the championship. Do all, do all the little things. Do all the little yeah. things you're gonna do. All right. Well, let's well let's move on to the NBA then. That was a perfect segue to, to get us into some NBA talk. 
Um, so we had Max Gordon on last week. Um, you know, next week we're going to have Renee Washington on, um, Fox Sports reporter and uh, host of Wizards Talk podcast on Fox Sports Radio. Um, so let's let's get the ball rolling with a little bit of NBA. Bring back bullish or bullshit. Haven't done it in a while, and I, and I love this segment. So obviously, as y'all remember, bullish or bullshit. You know, referencing the stock market. I'm gonna give you some chances. You're gonna tell me, are you bullish on the chances of this happening, or the chances of this happening bullshit in your mind? Kyle, you're gonna go first. Bullish or bullshit? The chances the Hawks make the playoffs this season. Yeah, I, I, I'm gonna say I'm bullish on this. I see six spots in the East locked up, and there's two spots to fight for. And I think the Hawks are deep this year. I think they just got Capella back, and they're already winning without him. And they, I mean, I know they lost last night, but they looked great last night. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm taking the Hawks. They they do sneak in with that seven or eight season. They fight with teams like Indiana. I don't believe is a lock to make the playoffs this year. I see the Magic could still do it like they always do. And I see the, even the Hornets having a shot at it. And I'll take the Hawks as two of those four to get in. I, I'm bull- more bullish than I was at the start, but I still think their defense is too suspect to sneak in. I, I, I just think Indiana gets in. I think I, I think they just miss out. I hope they get in because they're so exciting. 141 to 145 last night. In regulation, in regulation, yeah, oh, I, I want to see that in the playoffs. That would be great. But I, 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 I'm bullish, but I wouldn't be shocked at all. But I still got him just barely out. But it's obviously way too early to like make a definitive. Opinion. Right. Yeah, but that what we what we're asking. That's the fun part. It's way too early. I, but I want yeah, to finish. <laughs> they're they're out. But I'm actually now I think about it. I'm actually even more in because I think they make it. But I'm not even so sure the Raptors are a lock to make the playoffs this year. And they were the sixth team I was looking at. So, I mean, I could see a hawk sneaking in. It's a weird, it's going to be a weird year, James. The, it is going to be a weird year, but I don't think the Raptors don't. The Raptors, the Raptors slide to five or six, but I don't think they don't make it. They're 0 3. They've only scored 100 one time this year. I mean, That's tough. I don't Five-year think Siakam's the player people think he is. Yeah, so. I, I, I think they're point. in, but I see a scenario. Yeah, I just looked at my predictions. I had Washington at the eight, so I might just slit, slot Atlanta in instead of Washington. Right <laughs> just take Washington <laughs> out. No, I'm I'm bullish about it too. Um, you forget that Washington's also buying for those for those last two. I don't know if Kyle if Washington was one of the teams that you had locked up. Yeah, I, I did. I, no, they weren't. I forgot about them too. Yeah, like so they're they're another team. But they're four. Yeah, they're own four. So <laughs> they're own four. Yeah, they are own four. Um, but I think the Atlanta Hawks have one of the best off seasons in the NBA with going and getting Rondo, um, you know, their, their draft pick, you know, was good, uh, retaining John Collins. Like, you know, they're, they're kind of deep. Capella's going to make that, that rotation solidified a little bit. Um, and then all their role players are really nice. Obviously Cam Reddish, nice player, DeAndre Hutter, nice player, Kevin Hurdle, nice player. Um, and Trey, Trey Young is making that leap into, you know, John Collins is making a leap into borderline All-Star. all-star. Yeah. So. I, I'm I'm bullish on the Hawks making the playoffs. I think it's going to be a little bit of a race, you know, when you come down to, you know, they're going to fight between Orlando, who's just been the perennial eighth seed. They're, they're almost like masters of getting the eighth seed in the East. Um, but they're the last undefeated team in the NBA right now. So they're, they're, they're looking pretty good. Um, but you got to you got to think that teams with veteran presence, you know, like the Wizards, like the Pacers, who are at some point are going to turn it around and buy for their six, seven and eighth spots. But mm-hmm. um I'm just the reason I'm bullish on the on the Hawks' chances uh, is because they got so much better in the offseason. and yeah. a team who who made so many improvements to their roster. You got to give them a, a chance to uh, you know a chance to shine and get the it. The thing about the Hawks too for me is so they have these three young guys that all play the same position: Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter, Kevin Herter. Mm-hmm. Very young, all second or third year in the league. 
one of them's going to step up. One of them's going to turn into a guy this year. And once that happens, you really fill a void on that team of another guy you could trust because right now you're only looking at Trey Young. You can't even trust John Collins right now because he's been playing bad. And maybe you can trust Bogdan. I mean, if one of those young guys steps up, I think that team is way better than a team of just pieces that can't play defense. Yeah, so. but I think if Bogdan proves his worth, if he proves his worth in that in that signing, if he does what he was doing with the Kings, that makes the Hawks scoring that much better. I mean, last year, I mean, that's now you have two, maybe three consistent 20 points per game scores. I mean, John Collins has been looking crazy good, but he, he's been around that 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 20 points per game. So if yeah, you the have three 20 points per game scores, you're going to make the playoffs. The thing about John Collins is he's just been in foul trouble a lot, and he's doing a good minute basis, but, I mean, he should be good enough. He is good enough to do it, but he hasn't proved that he can stay out of foul trouble. That's I mean, true. he has like three fouls in the first half of every single game they've played. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I can't do that. That's not going to get it done. All right, moving on. Uh, the chances the Sixers can win a championship with Ben Simmons. Matt, bullish or bullshit? Bullish. They're 3-1. <laughs> they lost a bad game to Cleveland. But, but that's if you don't... They're going to they're gonna do that. They're going to drop games like yeah, that. Yeah, especially road games that don't make sense. But uh, Ben Simmons has not been like great this year, but he's been fine. 14 points per game, high rebounds, like decent efficiency. And, like, he's still, like, defending his ass off. Like, I, I people are so quick to criticize Ben Simmons. Like, I'd trade him for Harden for sure because I think it's <laughs> worth the trade. But I I think I still, like, with Maury, if you surround him with the right shooters and everything, they can win a title. Not this year because LeBron and AD are still together. But maybe when LeBron's 38, he becomes just a top 10 player instead of... <laughs> <laughs> He's one of the best in the world, yeah, right? Yeah. Right. Um, but it, no, I'm no more bullshit on them than I am about other teams that aren't the Lakers. So I, I, I'm bullish on them. Kyle, go ahead. Your floor. I, I yeah, knew you. Uh, I, I knew you had some shit to get off your chest I'm with this so, one. Bullish, bullish or bullshit? I'm so done with it. I'm bullshit on it. I mean, it's the same thing every year with Ben Simmons. And I'm sorry, you're supposed to be the second best guy on a team. This is my point. Yeah. Your best players out, and you put up 15 points. You take eight shots. And, and okay, Ben Simmons gives you other stuff. He can pass the ball. He plays defense. He had four assists in that game. You're the second best player on a team. And I'm sorry, in the NBA to win a championship, you need two. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a few exceptions in the NBA history. You need two. And Ben is not a two that can really realistically, in my eyes, win the championship. I mean, he can't shoot the ball. And I'm not. I'm sick of holding on to the fact that, oh, he's going to be able to shoot one day. Well, Russell Westbrook can't shoot. At least he shoots them. At least they come out on him every once in a while. You can't have a point guard, even if he is a forward, that just dribbles around and you can just stack four in the box and you can't do anything about it. That's I why mean, you I'm, surround him with shooters. Like we didn't, we were did. supposed to have Wait, done that. Give the Sixers no, they, they did. They surrounded him. It's four, yeah, they, and they put shooters around him. But, and what happened saying, at the, the end of the game against it. Toronto? They're up two, and Bede crashes. All four people crash, and Bede kicks it out to Curry. Ben Simmons sets up open three pointers more than like anyone not named LeBron in the league. LeBron, Furcon, yeah. we've we've been missing them a lot, but like Furcon's going to start hitting. We're the, Tobias is going to start hitting more. No, he won't. No, no he won't. Tobias it's won't. Tobias can, every yeah, year. Matt, Matt, you try to say that all quick and move on to the next name. <laughs> Tobias no, he is won't. Going no, he won't. And and I'm sorry, he, it, like, he may not in the playoffs, but in the regular your second, league, what he'll Ben be is good. a. Ben's a career average 16 points a game. He's done it every that's, single that's season. That's my point. And like, I'm yeah, sorry. but he gets better. His efficiency rises. He yeah, went from but like it's, 54 oh, to 56 it's an offensive-driven like league. league. And 
you you can't if you're the second best player on a team like what's what second best player on any team in the nba doesn't score 20 points per game literally and and it's and it's on a is on a contender name me one there's not in their hat like Kyle, Kyle Lowry, maybe, but the Raptors are on a play, on a, on a chip. Yeah, but when they won the chip, I think he averaged like eighteen. Yeah, but I, but they, I mean, the other guys play, and they Kawhi Leonard. And, I'm sorry, and, and B's um, not Kawhi. And Siakam didn't average twenty that year. No, not that year for sure. Not he was eighteen with him. Him and Lowry had the same stats. And I'm so, I, I don't trust Tobias. And I gotta give a shout out to my man Shaheem Abernathy, the dude I talk sports with more than anyone else besides you two who has been drilling this in me since the start of last year. And I'm like, nah, I trust Ben Simmons. I trust Ben Simmons. But I see the same thing out of him. I mean, he's a he's a good finisher. He can pass well. He can defend well. But I'm sorry. If you can't shoot and you're going to allow teams to literally make a defense around you where they're going to give you 15 feet of space and no separation, you're supposed to be the point guard, it doesn't work. Here's like, what I'm seeing from Ben Simmons. I'm seeing a transition and, and a, a less aggressive like scoring mindset because he knows his offensive skill set is a little bit limited in the half court. Like, if this was a, a full transition game from start to finish, Ben Simmons might put up 30 on your head because he's one of the, I think he's one of the best transition players in the NBA. But teams notice to slow it down and make it a half court game. And now he's not, he's not like that, that mindset in the half court isn't score, it's facilitate. And yeah. that, that's all good and well if you're Rajon Rondo. But if, if you're the second the, the second primary or the second option on offense, you need to you need to have a mindset to score when your best player is out of the game or, or not on the floor. Yeah. And uh, and okay, so 16, 9, and 6. That's what the he gives you. Nine and night, six right? get it done, but the 16 doesn't get it done yeah. in my opinion, like, in my opinion. Like, but there's dudes in the and league. And he's that also do that every the night. best perimeter defender, not named Kawhi, in the NBA. He's he's so he's cool. so, Cool. He needed. That's, he didn't score more. Like that's, that's great. He creates so much offense. Uh, I I know I stopped at Tobias Harris, but you also got Danny Green and Shake Milton, who's going to hit more too. This this team's going to. He creates so much on offense that doesn't go into just his his assist numbers are going to go up this year. I can confident in they're only six now. They'll probably be at nine or ten because the players are knocked on their shots better than Josh Richardson did last year. He's, 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 as long as you have three shooters around Embiid and Simmons, you have a strong contender. Yeah, and, and I understand he's a good defender. All NBA first team last year. But teams are still getting, hitting open threes on us. I mean, he can defend one guy. And teams are like, all right, let's drive on him and kick out because the Sixers can't defend the three line. And they switch and they switch everything. So just get yeah, Ben and, Simmons off of them. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, I'm giving him a hard time. I'm giving Ben Simmons a hard time. Great player. He can get you to an Eastern Conference Finals with this team. Maybe he can get you to a championship. But if we're talking about winning an NBA championship, that's a seven-game series if everything goes right this year against the Lakers. And, and I don't think play. it does. And let's and, be and honest: the next three to four years, if you're talking win championship, you got to beat the Lake. You got to beat the Nets in your conference. And you got to go beat the Lakers in the other conference. Can Can the Sixers do that with Ben Simmons averaging 16 points a game? They can't. They, I'm sorry. I it mean, depends maybe, on a lot of different factors. It does, but it, it, at some point, maybe Matt, it's you Tobias know. that has to go. But Matt, you, Matt, you with know. Tobias and Ben Simmons, if I Tobias, don't think either if, of them good. I do think that's like a, a point B to this argument. If Tobias Harris was putting in 20 to 22 a game, this looks all this argument looks a lot different. But he's not. Mm-hmm. But he's yeah. not. He's putting in the same. Putting 50 to 17, 16. 18. Yeah, yeah, he's putting the same. So like it. That, that's inefficient shooting. That's the problem with the bias. And he takes what ten shots with him beat out, but takes 
with 22 when Embiid's there. Embiid's in. That makes sense. Tobias has got to stop shooting long twos. Like, every time he shoots a long two, I die a little inside. I guess she, <laughs> it's uh, an ugly prick, too. Like, it's like a, a hard prick. Like, like, it's like... He, I don't care if you shoot 42% from the long two. If you make 33% from three, that's better than 42% from the long two. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm just going to say I'm bullshit on it. I, I mean, pieces can move. Maybe maybe you can have a perfect team and Simmons is there with the Sixers, but I, I don't see it. It's it's tough because when you have – I mean, Ben Simmons is an all-star. Just trade him straight up know, for Harden now. I I agree with that. I'm I'm pro assumments for Harden straight up. Mm -hmm. All right. We can move on from there. Matt, going back to you. Chances LaMelo Ball wins rookie of the year. Bullish or bullshit? Last, he had his his best game as a pro last night. 22-8-5, I believe, in Charlotte's impressive win. Um, So, you know, he gets the ball rolling on that. Looked like the scoring was going to be a little bit of a struggle for him in the preseason. You know, looks like he's gotten that monkey off his back. The three-point shooting looks to be there. We know the passing and distributing is there. So, chances LaMelo Ball wins that rookie of the year. Bullshit, but not because... But I, I just like Wiseman. I still like Wiseman. He's shown some signs early on. I think the Warriors get it back together. I like that I like that Ball has shown, like, the signs and he scored 22 last night, but I feel like he's just going to be way too inconsistent his rookie year. He seems just like a very up-and-down player. Um, and I think that will even out over time. I think he'll be a quality player in the league, maybe an all-star level. But I think this season you'll he'll, you'll see a game where he has 35 and the next game he'll have two. So I, I think he's just a little too inconsistent to win rookie of the year this year. All right, Kyle, talk nice about my Puma fam now. Bullish yeah. or bullshit? Um, I have to play. I got to say bullshit just because of the chances. I, like, mm-hmm. I think it's under 50%, so I got to right, right. say no. I mean, I like LaMelo. The problem with him is <clears throat> he's not going to find 35 minutes a game anywhere this season because um, they have Graham, they have Rozier. He's and, not even I starting mean, right now. He's, he's yeah, coming and, off the bench right now. That's the thing about him. He might not start. I think Terry's a locked-in starter, and it's tough to take Devontae Graham off that court. And what we've seen out of these Hornets guards the past year, and it's going to happen again this year, Devontae and Terry both give you 18 a game. And what, what's LaMelo really going to give you then? We just added in Gordon Hayward. I mean, what's LaMelo really going to give you? I think he's going to put up good stats. I could see LaMelo getting like 13, 7, and 4. Great. That's great it's, stats. It's gonna put him in the, that puts him in the conversation for it, sure. It does, but I don't think he wins it. I'm with Matt on Wiseman. I think Wiseman's the starting center all year for that team. I know they, because Draymond was out, he got in, but I think he stays in as a starting center. And I see Anthony Edwards taking the starting job in Minnesota. I mean, they're playing well. Edwards is already playing like 26 minutes a game. And the only guy starting over him is Josh Akoki. I mean, he could take that spot easily. And then Malik Beasley, he could take that spot. Beasley is playing well, but I think Beasley is a better sixth man. So, I mean, I just see too much opportunity for other guys that LaMelo's not going to get. I, I do think he finishes top three, but right now I, I don't have him winning it. Okay. I think I, I'm bullish for the same reason you're bullshit, Kyle, where it, I'm not 100 or even 90 or 85% of it. Um, but it's above 50% to me, his chances on, on winning Rookie of the okay. Year. So so I'm bullish of it, you know. Uh, when I look at this rookie class, I don't see a, as many stamped-in guys who are look, who are going to take over their teams. I mean, look at the top draft picks, then the, the top draft picks aren't even really starting. You know, you got Anthony Edwards, who's, who's trying to break into the starting rotation. James Wiseman is starting right now, but a lot of that is because of injury. Lamar Ball, not starting. Um, but then you, you know, Big O, not starting. But then you get down to guys like, 
Tyrese Halliburton, who's gonna he's you know, the one. He's, he's the, the one he, that could do it. He's the one that could do. He's, he's gonna come out of nowhere and knock a lot of people off of that rookie of the year voting and rookie of the year ballot. Um, but we know and that, Killian Hayes could do it. Killian Hayes could do it. But we know these awards are a little bit of a, of narrative driven, right? Like we know these awards are are kind of ca- you know catering to the public. And the Mullen Ball is is box office. He's he's one of the biggest names, if not the biggest name in this draft. So the NBA is gonna want to you know put some shine on that and, and give him the award or at least aid him to it um but he's got the total package and if he can break into that starting rotation um you know he's almost a lock to win it but i don't think he has to start to win that award i think he's gonna have to find himself with more than 20 to 25 minutes a game i think it's gonna have to go to that you know 27 you know up to you know 28 maybe damn near 29 30 minutes a game for him to be able to accumulate the stats to do it um but i don't think he has to start the full season um, for it to get there and he's showing just you know a more well-rounded game he looked like he could do it all the defense is gonna hurt him but you know no one really looks to defense for rookie of the year awards so i'm bullish on it you know go i'm, I'm shouting out my puma fam here but i think he's got a good chance of being in the you know contention to win it i'm not gonna be surprised at all if he finishes top three and makes a push at it towards the end of the season um all right moving on to the to the last one matt you kind of had our segue a little bit there when you started to get into the the james wiseman talk because uh, our last bullish or bullshit has focused on the Warriors, who been struggling to start the season. Um, and I know you put out your list on social media, Stat Matt, your your Western Conference list. I'm exposing you a lot in this episode, but you had the Warriors third. So you you thought the Warriors were going to come back and, you know, kind of pick up where they left off before all the injuries last season. So now I got to ask you, your chances that the Warriors finish top four in the West after their start? Bullshit. I feel it's, <laughs> yeah. it's not it's not looking good. They got embarrassed the first two games of the season against Milwaukee and the Nets. And their last two, I know they're two and two and they've won two in a row, but they beat the Bulls on a buzzer beater and they were only up one on the Pistons going into the fourth quarter. Curry's starting to shoot better, which I knew was going to happen, but this has the makings of just like a mediocre, uh, I don't know what the exact thing, because it was like 46 win team back in an 82 game season. So 36 win team. Yeah, but yeah, um, so like they they just ooze seven eight seed and I, I just don't see them being I thought they'd be like a kind of contender but not really and now they just look like a bad team with a superstar on it and Wiggins will be mediocre in the sense that he'll have good games and then have awful games and Wiseman is too young to rely on as a starter even though I think he's gonna be a good year. Yeah, I mean, I don't know when Andrew Wiggins has never flashed consistency ever. That's never been yeah. his career coming out of college. Um, but when I look at this Warriors team, I look at a Warriors team who their identity and success is something that they don't have anymore. Their identity and success was being able to, to create beyond that that three-point line and really like kill teams with the three ball and good ball movement and good passing. And, I mean, the, Steph is the only one shooting above, even close to above average from three. And he and it took him till this last game to do it. Kelly Uber has hit one three in four games. Andrew Wiggins has hit like two or three of them. Like this, the, I mean, they they don't have their identity right now. Then this is a team who, you know, for the past what five six years has had three to four guys on offense who could score on you in multiple ways at any given point, and they were so hard to defend. And now with the injuries and Draymond just getting back into the into the offense, this is a team who doesn't have their identity right now. So I'm I'm bullshit on it. I'm definitely really sad. On top, this team would be, it would be so much more fun if they had Clay. 
Yeah. Like, because and- they'd actually be like a real like pseudo contender and mm-hmm. but hopefully when yeah, it's tough. You say they ooze seven, eight seed. I'm not even sure they're oozing playoff team right now. They're they're oozing outside looking in right now. That that's what I see from from the Warriors until they completely get it back. So Kyle, bullish that's or bullshit? Fair. End us all. Yeah, I- I'm bullshit on this. So this is how I see the Western Conference. I see two teams. You have the Lakers and the Clippers. And then I see what I call the Euro League. They're all fighting against each other. They're fighting for something, but they're not fighting for the big <laughs> thing. And that team, right. and that that has consisted of recently um, the Jazz, the Nuggets, the Rockets, last year OKC. And that's where I'm putting the Warriors in right now. But the problem is you got more teams in the Euro League this year. I mean, you got the Suns in the Euro League. You got maybe the Pelicans, maybe the Kings. The Kings look really good. Maybe the even the Trailblazers. Maybe. The Grizzlies, maybe even the Trailblazers make that jump from the eighth seed into the Euro League this year. And I can't see the Warriors being top two in there. I mean, it's hard. Ubre's one for 21 from three. I mean, yeah, that's, that's ridiculous. Okay, but they, that, he's not going to be 5% from he's, three the whole year. Okay, no, I know that. But the problem is, Ubre had great. He's not going to be 45% either. Yeah, Ubre had great success last year. Ubre looked like he took a huge step in his career. He might even be an all star in one or two years. That's what people were saying after Ubre last year. And he regressed so quick. I know we're four games in, but he doesn't even look good out there. I mean, he's averaging like seven points a game. Andrew Wiggins, as you already touched on, he can give you 20 a game and still do nothing for your team. I mean, that's that's the player Wiggins has been his whole career. I mean, look so, at I mean, the Warriors it, teams tough. that were good. Three Modern point day shooting, OJ Mayo. Three, three, the Warriors teams that were good, three-point shooting and a really deep and consistent bench. They don't have yeah. either of that. Yeah, I, I, I so... We'll see what happens when Draymond comes back. We'll see Pascal move back to the bench, I assume. I don't think they'll start Pascal at the five. I think Wiseman will stay there. I like the Wanamaker pickup off the bench, but that's about it. Damian Lee is who Damian Lee is. And, and he's had a good season. He's had a good season, but he had a good season last year off the bench. I mean, Michael Mulder, I mean, he is who Michael Mulder is. They don't have a good bench, and they're going to rely so heavily on Steph to carry him this year. And Steph's not going to carry you to a four seed if everyone keeps playing like this. And Uber is not going to play this bad short. He'll probably get his points per game up, maybe even the 15 before the season's over. But this was a dude that was supposed to come in and maybe drop 20 a game. Mm-hmm. And Wiggins could give you 17 or 18. I mean, I'm not seeing what I expected from this team right now. And I did expect them to be a top four seed at the beginning of the year. And it only took me four games to realize it's not going to happen. Yeah, it don't look good. Yeah. All right. So that is it for that. No this past week in sports uh, today, but we can move into the countdown. Number five. The number of Big 12 teams ranked above any ACC team in college basketball rankings this year. The ACC has been shaky, to say the absolute least. Those five teams of the Big 12, Baylor, Kansas, Texas, West Virginia, and Texas Tech, the highest ACC team right now is Florida State at number 18. Um, The Big 12 is deep, like deep, deep. Um, And it's, it's... all up and down the, the top 25 rankings this year. And the ACC just took a huge step back. UNC is kind of trash. Duke is struggling. Um, Virginia, I mean, I watched the Virginia Notre Dame game last night. Didn't even look all that impressive. Um, so Clark looked really uh, good. That was about it, though. That I mean, about it. I mean, I mean, Duke will come back. Virginia will come back. But after that, I mean, Florida State, I don't even trust that team. They lost two big pieces to the draft last year. I, I mean, as an ACC team, as Pitt basketball homer, this is great for me. But right. we just lost our best player for two months. So, I mean. <laughs> this always comes back to Pitt for y'all. Ain't no one talking it's, about Pitt. It's going to be hard. I mean, <laughs> for the ACC to really put a contender in. And everyone forgets about Kansas every year. Not forgets about him, but they're like, oh, Kansas is in the top ten again. I mean, who knew? 
because they're always there. I got to shout out my boys at West Virginia. They look really good this year. Tough loss against Kansas, but only two losses are to Kansas and Gonzaga. And they play Gonzaga really close. And it's really almost impossible to win at Allen Fieldhouse. Mm -hmm. So I think they got an outside shot at making a Final Four run, potentially. I got to shout out Texas. I know they lost to Villanova at the very beginning of the season. That was when Nova was ranked three. Nova's back. They should have won that game. They should have won that game. They lost a very, very tight game to a very good Nova squad. Um, But Greg Brown is coming in at Texas. Looked like one of the best freshmen in the country thus far. Um, and Texas is a very like a very loaded and deep team. The Big 12 is good, man. Shout out, shout out the Big 12. All right, number four. The number of winless teams in the NBA at the time we're recording this, the Raptors, Rockets, Pistons, and Wizards, who is the most surprising? Well, for me, I got to say the Raptors just because they got the championship mentality and they really mm-hmm. played the Celtics tough last year in the playoffs and I, I think it's an aberration. They're only 0-3 compared to other ones who are 0-4. Um, so, it, for me, it's the Raptors. Yeah, out of those teams, the Raptors are the most surprising. I'm kind of surprised the Wizards are still winless um, with getting rust, but that's a bad team who's just looking to get good. It might take the wheels to roll a little bit. The Rockets don't surprise me because they're imploding, and the Pistons are just a really bad organization, so that doesn't really surprise me. Two players averaging a triple-double this year so far, Westbrook and Jokic. Their teams are combined 1-7. and seven. Yeah, that's tough. that's tough. Yeah, the Raptors definitely surprised me just because how successful this team has been in the regular season the past how many years. Um, I'll see. I think they'll turn it around a little bit at least. And then the Rockets on paper would surprise me, but they've only played two games and half their team's been out with COVID. So we'll see. And I know they're imploding, but Harden's coming out to play. I mean, he's playing basketball. The thing yeah, he Harden's to coming out to play. Harden's coming out to do him. Like Harden yeah. don't care if they win or lose. He's like, I'm just going to get and, 40. Him and Christian Wood have something going. And Christian yeah. Wood's a dude I'm high on this year. So we'll yeah. see what that team looks like when they come back and if Harden stays. We'll see. All right, number three. For bowl games, the 20-plus point spread in bowl, uh, bowl history. It's the 2020 Myrtle Beach Bowl, the 2017 Boca Raton Bowl, and now the 2021 Rose Bowl between Notre Dame and Alabama. Um, I know college football has some disparity at times, but 20 point, like a 20-plus point spread is insane for any playoff game. And that just paints the picture that the Alabama is about to, about to really treat Notre Dame in this college football playoff. And From that perspective, that's about what a Chiefs-Jets line would be at Arrowhead. Yeah, like that's crazy. So my question is, does that further the narrative or the point that Notre Dame shouldn't have made this playoff? Because a lot of people think that AM should have gotten in over Notre Dame. I don't think it lost by like more than 20 points. Yeah, I don't think it furthers the narrative just because any team that would have got in, unless it was Florida because they played them tight, would be a 20 point spread. Yeah, but look what Um, Florida did last night. Yeah, but they didn't play anyone. But but everyone opted out. I mean, if they would have, if they would have had their team, like they wouldn't have opted out. But they lost to LSU too. Like, Sure, yeah. but I'm just saying, I don't think it would have been a 20-point point spread there. I don't think it furthers a narrative, though, because ND is, I mean, that's, I don't think they should have made it, but it has nothing to do with the fact that they are playing Alabama. Yeah, yeah, anyone's just, anyone's there are three, it's three teams above everyone else this year, Bama, Clemson, yeah. and, and Ohio State, and Notre Dame just is the fourth team who got there. So, and all I got to say about that 20-point spread, not enough. Not that game's gonna be. <laughs> that game is gonna be. I, I think it's. Gonna, I, I think it's gonna be close in the sense that they'll lose by seventeen. I think Notre Dame's not gonna yeah. be embarrassed. Bama has. Okay. Bama has let. Bama has yet to win by less than thirty points at AT and T Stadium. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's move to number two. Number right. of NFL teams since nineteen eighty two to have a losing record and make the playoffs. It's the twenty fourteen Panthers and the twenty ten Seahawks. 
Both won their playoff game. Both were given home playoff games, which should not happen. If you have a losing <laughs> record, you should forfeit your right to a home playoff game. Uh, 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 and Washington's going to lose to the Bucks or the Giants James. or the Cowboys. Uh, that's what you were saying earlier, Kyle. Where like I'm, I'm gonna hurt on this stat later of a team with a losing record going into the playoffs, winning the division, and going into the playoffs. This was it. This was this is the pay the piper time and just like. Now that home field advantage looks different this year, though. I, I mean, there's definitely it's, something there. But I mean, we're still going. We're still going to somewhere cold. Moving yeah. to Dallas. Could be Dallas. Could be Dallas. But I do think Washington gets in, and it's just history is not on our side. Yeah. And like we're we're a team that's like not. We don't get. We haven't had many opportunities at this, so I don't. I don't want to go in in our first opportunity in 13 years and. History is not on our side. That just doesn't make me feel good. Well, talking about some history on the Buccaneers side, let's move to number one. The number of NFL, number of players in NFL history to make the playoffs 12 straight times. Here we go. Back to it. Makes me feel better. Tom Brady, the only one in NFL history to make it 12 straight years. Um, and look, people are wondering whether that, that New England success was, was Bill Belichick or Tom Brady. The year after, Tom Brady is, you know, about to lead probably an 11-win Bucks team to the playoffs, and Bill Belichick got bounced out. Um, I got to say, if if you if Bill Belichick was the coach of the Bucks this year, and the and Brady was the quarterback of the Patriots, the Patriots would have gone nine and seven, and the Bucks would have gone nine and seven. So, like, I think a lot of it's like talent around too. There's definitely a talent disparity. Well, who would the Buccaneers quarterback be? That's the thing. That is true. That's tough to say. But, like, I think it's the talent disparity. So they both would have went 9-7 to you? I think Brady went to a better team, and Patriots are really – and they had a right. lot of players opt out because of COVID. And, uh, so, but, like, congrats to Brady for being the 12th. Manning kind of has it, but he missed the year because of injury. So, Brady also got injured. It, it would be a lot longer if that 07-08 season he didn't get injured and they mm-hmm. missed the playoffs because they would have made the playoffs. Yeah, that, that would it would be 20, basically. 20, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, no, 02 is the last time. So 19. 19. Yeah, 18. which would have been stupid. That would have been absolutely insane. That's crazy. But um, we're almost out of time for this episode of Straight Facts. We can get some shots about the buzzer. Matt, got anything to say at the buzzer? I got to shout out my mom. It's her birthday today. New Year's hey. Eve, baby. Uh, we usually birthday. go down to Maryland to celebrate like with a, a friends like when we used to live there. Can't do that year because of the COVID. I just want to say I love you, Mom. Happy birthday. Uh, I'm Hopefully it's great. I'm going to make you a cake today, which you'll know after. <laughs> you'll know that. <laughs> you'll know that. Uh, yeah, you'll the know that. Podcast, right. <laughs> the podcast. Um, and uh, I love you very much. Have a great day. Uh, happy birthday. Happy birthday, birthday. Mama Robinson. That's that's a great, it's a great shout out. Kyle, you got anything to say at the buzzer? Uh, I mean, it's New Year's Eve, right? So happy New Year's. Stay safe and take what you learned this year and bring it to next year because this was a tough one. But happy New Year's. (laughs) This was a tough game. Like, you hear like the defeatist mindset of like crawling to the finish line of this year, man. Like, hopefully, hopefully some kind of page gets turned uh, in 2021. Uh, you know, my, my at the buzzer is, you know, I was going to go with the new year's route, Kyle, but you, you took that from me. So I got, I got a plan too, uh, for my at the buzzer, uh, in the background. Uh, so, uh, I started, started a new job, uh, this past Monday, a new nine to five. Um, so, uh, you know, going along the theme of, of 2020 of stuff like not going according to plan, 
you know, I'm working for a marketing firm. Obviously, it's not what, you know, I intend to do long term, not my, my desired career path. I'm doing my desired career path right now with y'all, too, which I'm really grateful for. Um, so, you know, just I want to thank y'all for hanging in there with with me and Straight Facts for 2020. We, you know, we've, we've entered a lot of, you know, a lot of ups and downs, a lot of roadblocks with this year. But you know, we've been consistent. I want to thank our fans and our listeners for being consistent with us through 2020 in these trying times. And it's just you know, sometimes you got to create a new a new alternate path for yourself to continue on where you want to go. We've had to do that with straight facts. I've had to do that in my career. I'm in my personal life. So let's not let, you know, what 2020 presented us and, and derail us from our ultimate plan, our ultimate goal. You know, sometimes you just got to create a new alternate side path to, to continue and get back on that main path to where you're going to. So a little bit of, little bit of motivation here and, uh, and words of wisdom. Uh, on this last day of 2020 but that's all the time we have for this episode of straight facts it was a great one uh big ups to my guy stat matt robinson and kyle sirak always coming in and doing what we do um but for those guys and me james jackson these have been the facts straight up